The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Sometime in 1962 or 63, a fellow in Arizona named Ernesto Arturo Miranda was arrested by police officers. He was arrested because they had strong suspicion that he had committed a crime. And then after that, taken to the police station, he was manipulated into talking. He was interrogated without any knowledge of his Fifth Amendment rights, which we all know is the right to protect you from self-incrimination. If you committed a crime, you are not obligated to say, I did it. That's part of the Bill of Rights. We don't have to testify against ourselves. And so he found a lawyer, or a lawyer found him one of the ways, and they sued. And the court case snaked its way up through the court system until finally arriving at the United States Supreme Court. And the decision was decided in Miranda's favor, the Miranda versus Arizona, in 1966. And because of that court decision, now, if you are being arrested, police officers in the United States will say some form of this. You have the right to remain silent. If you choose to waive that right, etc., etc. But in effect, the police officers, when they arrest someone, thanks to this court case, now say to someone, you don't have to speak. Now, in fact, you would even say they're encouraged not to speak just by those words being read to them. It helps them avoid self-incrimination, innocent or guilty, regardless. Now, of course, we can all kind of think about the irony, though, of Miranda rights being read. And you probably have before if you've ever watched someone being arrested in a show or a movie. They're being read to them, to the person, the suspect, by police officers. The ones arresting the person, the ones that think they're guilty of committing the crime and we have enough evidence to actually put the cuffs on you and put you in the car, they're the ones that are in effect saying, stop talking. Don't say anything that's going to harm you and your case when you go before the judge. If anybody wants them to keep talking, it is the same police officers, is it not? The case that they are about to bring to the district attorney or the town attorney or whatever it is, is going to be buttressed and helped by the more that person that they are arresting says, I did it because of this reason. Ah, we got you there. You just admitted that you did it and it's on record. But police officers Mirandize the suspect all the same. They do it because legally they have to and they do it because it protects citizens of our country and their rights, which finally is in everybody's best interest. Today, Trinity 8, or the eighth Sunday after Trinity, 
is what I like to call Miranda Wright's Sunday for the church. You are not under arrest, no, but you are being reminded of something by me, your pastor, for the sake of your eternal well-being. You are listening to the readings, I'm sure, the Old Testament and the readings from Acts and the Gospels, and you heard about false prophets and wolves in sheep's clothing. People who throughout Bible times and up until today have gone through and preached and taught in the name of the Lord God things which are false, things which are not true, leading people astray. It happened plenty in the Old Testament, didn't it? People saying, well, this is okay, God must be okay with it, or God is okay with it, something that he was not okay with. Happened in the New Testament, as the apostles went out spreading the gospel that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, and then these Judaizers come in almost to every church they went to after them and said, yes, you are saved by Jesus Christ, but men, you've got to be circumcised, and you have to observe these dietary restrictions from the Old Testament as well. And to be sure, it happens today just as much. Preachers and teachers get up and in the name of Jesus Christ speak things that are false, that are lies, that are contrary to his word. And so it is for this reason, the church, God, makes sure that he mirandizes his people. That is, he has warnings built in. Warnings to the flock of bad people, bad faith actors coming and deceiving them. They're in the Bible, and on Trinity 8 we make sure it's read on Sunday church every year. Don't you feel awful when you've been deceived by somebody? When someone tells you something that is not true and you find out later it's an absolute lie? How much more awful is it when someone lies to you in the name of God? Saying, God says this, the God that made the universe believes this, wants you to believe this, does this, and it's not true. How much more terrible is that? You see, we know that we are saved by our faith. We know that we have faith in God and his work for us, and that faith is created through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working through God's word. So how awful is it then? when somebody that has been given the task to speak that word to people changes it, leaves parts out, morphs it under whatever guise for whatever reason, adds to it, the results are potentially disastrous. The person that does it not only proves himself faithless and forfeits his own salvation, but if he's successful in his deceit, what does he do? He leads other people with him. So on Trinity 8, I'm reading you the Miranda rights, as it were. Not, you have the right to remain silent, but I want you to beware of bad pastors. I want you to beware of liars who speak in God's name and tell you things which God and his word have not said. I want to qualify all of this. I don't want you to be really concerned now and troubled as you leave church. I don't want you to just automatically assume the worst of all teachers and preachers, or to think every pastor, here or otherwhere, is just a snake oil salesman or something like that. We know that just because some people are false in a group doesn't mean all people are false. The truth of Christianity is not assailed 
by a few bad apples, right? You don't just stop eating apples because you bit into a rotten one once, do you? If you did, well, you're missing out. Not with Red Delicious, those are not great, but like Honeycrisp. Yeah. Think of it this way. Jesus Christ is no less the Son of God and the King of glory because one of his disciples, one of the twelve, Judas Iscariot, was a hypocrite, a liar, a thief, and a murderer. So no, don't be troubled categorically, but I want this. I want you to be on guard. I want you to be critical even, not just of what I say, of what everybody in the name of God says. A book, a pamphlet, portals of prayer, TV, radio, Christian radio, everything. Listen, read with a discerning ear and eye. I'm not saying just create and impose your own arbitrary standard. Well, these are the things I like and I want to hear and see and read and so forth. And things that don't fit that, well, I'm going to dismiss them because pastor told me to be critical. That's not what I'm saying, but I want you to measure everything that you take in according to the one standard that you know does not lie to you, God's holy word. What matters finally, is it right or not? Does God's word say it or doesn't it say it? What is true? Is the thing that I'm listening to, the thing that I'm reading, actually line up with that? That's finally the measure that we ought to hold our own opinions against. It's the measure that you do and ought to hold your pastor against. And it's the measure that if we're doing our jobs as pastors, we ought to hold ourselves against. False teachers are indeed wrong, but folks who leave Christianity because of false teachers are also wrong. That also needs to be said this morning. There are people who think that, well, that person lied, that person did this heinous thing, and he happens to be a teacher, a pastor, a bishop, or whatever. Therefore, my hands are clean when I'm just going to walk away from the whole mess. Well, it's not a whole mess. That person's a mess. The whole thing is a beautiful gift of God and a truth, and we ought not walk away or turn from it just because somebody botched the message for whatever reason. Just because someone tells a lie does not mean that there is not truth. The example I used is math and science aren't stupid, irrelevant, or wrong just because the common core curriculum exists in our schools, right? Math and science are good. No. The truth remains the truth even if a hundred men are liars. Now, though some deny it, though others will manipulate the message and tell lies about it, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died and he rose from the dead for our justification and nothing and no one changes that. Your sins are not still on your head in some measure just because some people preach or teach that they are. God has acted and spoken definitively on this no matter what any wolves back then in the New Testament times all the way up until today, wolves in sheep clothing, regardless of what they have said. So make sure that you hold on to that God through his word and the truth and hope that it gives you. And with that as your rule, measure what you read and what you hear from this pulpit and everywhere else. If the teachings are lacking, disregard and walk away with a clean conscience and also disregard those that advance them. But if they are true, add a quick and a happy and a hearty amen so that your faith and your Redeemer may be strengthened in his name. Amen.